6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. So, nearly 24 years after leaving federal politics, Jean Charest, as I mentioned earlier, will launch his campaign to become leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. The 63-year-old Quebecer will announce his bid at a Calgary brewery tonight. Saying, you know, and I think that's bringing a pretty clear message about what he's trying to do as far as appealing to uh, that conservative base. Uh, Charest saying that the conservatives have a responsibility to be a national alternative to the liberals. That's not happening now. The party is divided. So this is this is really a moment that's important, not just for the party, for the country to uh, to unite and to bring into our uh, our party members and to offer a national alternative, a national vision of the country. And Dr. Lydia Miljean joining us this afternoon, uh, poli-sci prof at the University of Windsor. Lydia, welcome back to the show. Nice to be here, Jalen. Oh, well, thank you for making the time. So, uh, yeah, first off, yeah, I mean, there was there was talk about it. Here we are. What do you think about this uh, launching point in Calgary and the message that he's trying to send? I think it's really interesting. I think this is going to make for uh, a very exciting race for, for political watchers <laughs> like myself. I mean, I think we, it, you know, I think up until now, it really looked like it was going to be a, uh, a cakewalk for Pierre Polyev, and I think that uh, Charest's entrance into the the race brings up some interesting questions about sort of what's the future of the party and the direction that the rank and file want to go. I think it's not going to be easy for him. I'm not even sure if he's going to be successful in the end, but I think he's going to be an important challenger to Polyev and also to social conservatives because it's it's really a matter of how do we how does the party get a, a compromised position and become an effective opposition party and, and really vie for, for government? Because the last couple of reiterations, they, they fell short. You know, both Andrew Scheer and Mr. Mm-hmm. O'Toole were, were, you know, nice enough guys, but they didn't have a clear policy position and they didn't stand by the positions that they ran their leadership races on. So I think that um, Charade obviously is much more pragmatic longer history with the progressive conservatives and also, you know, has the chops of being a former premier, mm-hmm. but um, he also has baggage being a former premier. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about that. Of course, uh, you know, he was the former leader of uh, the now defunct Pro- progressive conservative party, but also former Quebec premier led the Quebec liberal party uh, to three consecutive provincial election victories, 2003, 07, and 08, before resigning in, uh, in 2012 after being defeated. That liberal tag on the back end of him, how's that going to, how's that going to play, especially in Western Canada, or on the prairies at least? Personally, I don't think it's going to harm him. I think that you know, voters are sophisticated enough to realize that the party labels at the provincial level are different um, oftentimes than they are at the federal level. And I think that the example right next door in British Columbia, everyone knows that the Liberal Party in BC is not the Liberal Party of the federally. <laughs> we know that they are a coalition of, you know, fiscal conservatives and even some social conservatives. And I think that's similarly the case in Quebec. So I'm not overly concerned about the Liberal brand. I'm actually more concerned about the fact that he's a former Premier. You know, uh-huh. I think that the last time or premier. I, I always thought that there was never any premiers in Canada that had become prime minister, but apparently in 1870-something, and, you know, Nova Scotia premier became prime minister, which, that, for me, that doesn't even count, because, you know, 
most provinces weren't even in the Confederation. So that's the issue. We do not have a pathway for premiers to become prime minister in this country. And I think that that is something that you have to be mindful of. I mean, remember, Bob Ray tried the same thing. Right? Yeah. He was a former NDP leader in, and premier in Ontario, mm-hmm. switches to the Liberals, and doesn't win the leadership race there either. And he, mm-hmm. he, went, he tried more than once. Um, so I think that there is a a natural reluctance to be too closely associated with one province. And so clearly him trying to launch the bid in Calgary versus Montreal is trying to send a message. I'm not sure if that is sufficient enough. And and, and the big question, right, the reason why would you want, the, the question you want to ask is why would you want somebody from Quebec to lead the party? Well, because you want to get votes in Quebec. Mm-hmm. It's unclear whether he could get votes in Quebec. He has a lot of scandal behind him as being premier. He also had the, that massive student protest over mm-hmm. tuition fees. So there's long memories in Quebec. So can he can he help the party win Quebec in a federal election? <laughs> I'm not convinced. Fascinating, fascinating stuff because every single person who is throwing their name into or has thrown their name into the ring or is being speculated about all has something with them, like we all do. Leslin Lewis, she uh, impressed so many people during the last uh, leadership uh, campaign, has thrown her hat back into the ring. Um, You know, I'm not sure her, uh, her time as a rookie MP, if it was as impressive as that leadership run. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think she she was really impressive. I think she did bring a very interesting perspective to the race, and and it was kind of refreshing to have somebody who was just unapologetically a social conservative Mm -hmm. be able to not be vilified for her position. However, um, since then, she's been very murky on vaccines, Mm -hmm. um, unclear whether or not she's been vaccinated. I think that's going to harm her in the long run. Um, It it was very polarizing during the pandemic. As we move out of it, perhaps it won't be as big of a thing. But the question then becomes, you know, do you trust science. And I think that's going to be her Achilles heel. It's fine to be a social conservative, but to oppose, you know, something that, again, I'm not, I'm not even going to give a position on the vaccine. Mm-hmm. The point remains, 80% of the population was fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So you are on the losing side of that conversation if you are still opposing vaccines. And I know it's, it's, it's very polarized on, on, the, uh, on social media, but let's remember, most people got fully vaccinated yeah and patrick brown i mean here's another one right where we're expecting him by the end of the week to 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 throw his uh his hat into the ring Uh, again i mean boy oh boy you talk about baggage rightfully or wrongfully i mean ctv has apologized for that report that took down his uh his uh his role what was it he was uh leader of the the pcs in ontario when when he had to step down but that him coming into this as well I can't wait to see the next couple of months. I'm excited about this. Yeah, it is exciting because in some respects, Patrick Brown occupies a similar space to Jean Charest. And Patrick Brown also is a very beloved mayor of the city of Brampton. I mean, he was totally destroyed by that CTV report. Um, And he, you know, honestly, had that not happened, he would be now the premier of Ontario. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was very, he was very polar. I I didn't know much about him. I did see one Chamber of Commerce event that he did in Windsor. And I was like, wow, like, this is, this might happen. This guy's really got it together. And then he, then that whole scandal happened. And, and clearly he was uh, wrongfully accused. So 
he, I don't think his baggage is going to hurt him as much. And I think what he's going to bring to the race is perhaps the ability to bring in the vote rich 905 mm-hmm. 416 area where we're, you know, where the conservatives are really trying to get those votes. Uh, and he might be appealing to that. And I think it's interesting when we look at the different contenders, age is a factor, right? Jean Charest is older by the rest of them by about 20 years, right? He's in his 60s. Yep. The rest of them are in their early 40s. And so, um, you know, in, in, you know, in the past, gravitas and age were important factors. I think that the modern world is much more, um, uh, has a, 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 a lost, <laughs> a, a greater appeal to a younger leader than perhaps somebody that's more seasoned. And, and I don't know, I think that maybe perhaps John Charest's time has been passed but we'll have to see his you know we'll see he did join twitter this week so. <laughs> oh, <you're kidding. laughs> <Got that now. laughs> you made me snort there <laughs> yeah that's good um before, before i let you followers you doing better than me <laughs> um you know one of the things i see over and over again is why do we keep having recycled politicians right like we, we we've got to attract you know younger newer names uh to to a to a campaign like this and and i wonder if that's going to as, as you've alluded to if that's going to be a kick in the in the gut for him yeah and i, and I think that that's the case in this race most of the other candidates are in their 40s yeah he's the only one so far that's in their 60s and i, I think that it, it's almost like a nostalgia tour for people like myself who remember the 80s and 90s and let's remember he had been leader of the progressive conservatives after they had that humiliating defeat in 1993 mm-hmm. we know he could have been the leader in 1993 but kim campbell beat him out and then he got in the second <laughs> he got the, the horrible job of having to rebuild the party from two seats and you know he did okay he got him up to what 20 seats mm-hmm. but but you know he he wasn't able to pull people away from the reform party at that time and that problem hasn't gone away right those reformers became alliance members and now are part of the new conservative party I'm not sure that he is going to be able to convince them that, you know, that they want to go back to the old PC government or the old PC ways under Martin Mulroney because they're the ones that left in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to leave it there. Um, I, I'm going to go home tonight, tease out my hair, <laughs> put on some Spando ballet <laughs> and uh, and relive the 80s and 90s once again, Lydia. Thanks for this. And don't forget your shoulder pads. No, well, oh. never, never. <laughs> Thank you for this. My pleasure, Jaylen. Take care. Bye-bye. Dr. Lydia Miljean is uh, is a political science professor at the University of Windsor. Originally, uh, well, she still calls Alberta a home, but uh, you know, born and raised out here. Always appreciate her perspective. What is your perspective right now? I know a lot of you are still Polyev, Polyev, Polyev. A lot of you, um, well, you're like, mm, you know, the charade. Is it you know this recycled politician again? I think Patrick Brown's entrance into this race. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens between uh, the three of them and Leslin Lewis. I can't wait to watch what unfolds. So keep in mind, September 10th is the day. September 10th is the day, the deadline for membership applications. June 3rd, the party will elect its next leader, September 10th.